0: Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome to Notes from the North, the official podcast of the Vikings Gazette. We're proud to partner with Vikings Territory, Purple PTSD, and Purple Territory Radio. If you're looking for great Vikings coverage, be sure to stop by these sites, and you're always welcome at the Vikings Gazette. And with that being said, let's get the first down. Um, Kyle... Cal Rudolph has been released. It's a, it's a sad day, and, and I know we've been talking about this for a little while. Um, a predictable outcome, but still, this is this is disappointing for Vikings fans. No.
1: Yeah, I think so. Because he was he was with the Vikings literally throughout, you know, throughout all the 1910s and through the teens, uh, and he had some great moments, right? And probably the best one would have when I think of Kyle Rudolph's best moment with the Vikings, I think of uh, the overtime win in 2019 against the saints where he, uh, you know, is was a th- critical third down catches that ball. And that's, you know, that's Kirk Cousins first ever uh, overtime or rather playoff win in general, but then to do it in overtime and against the saints, a team that is pretty hated by Minnesota's fans by me as well. Um, he had some big moments, right? Like I think of the, uh, I think when Cousins first got here, I don't know if this was 2018 or 2019, but it was against the Detroit Lions at the end of the half. There was that big Hail Mary. and I can just remember him going up. and I can just picture his. he's got this big frame and a long reach and high pointing the ball. Uh, but he was just consistent, steady. I don't think he would ever have been an elite tight end in the NFL, but he was often a very good tight end in the NFL and often a top 10 option. And I think uh, you know, in 2016, he had really, really nice numbers overall. That was when you know we had uh, you know a lot of injuries, and the run game was really in a tough spot. And so there was a lot of kind of dinking and dunking, short passes kind of thing. And he was just perfect for that, just steady chain mover. Um, and so he was a good pro for a long time. He's actually my wife's favorite. <laughs> She's my wife's favorite Viking. And so when I mentioned it to her. Uh, that well, would have been a couple nights ago now, and she said, well, "What's the point of even watching it if he's not on the field?" And so she's, uh, wow, she's feeling disappointed. Yeah, that's sad. That's yeah, sad. It's, it's, it's always
0: uh, that's that's yeah, yeah. There's lots of great memories. What like what would you say his overall legacy is with with the Vikings?
1: So I think so. I was looking at so if you go over to Pro Football Reference, um, which of course just has an unbelievable amount of information. And you can go into individual teams and you can go into their their franchise encyclopedia. And so I knew that uh, he would rank highly in a lot of these big statistical categories. But I don't think I really... So, I mean, Kyle Rudolph right now, he's has the 10th most receiving yards in Vikings history. You know, that's pretty good because we've had some good... You know, know, the, the names of the top of the list are Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Anthony Carter, Jake Reed, Sammy White, Steve Jordan. You know, they're good players. On this list, so he's tenth overall in yards. I believe he's fifth overall in touchdowns. Yeah, he's fifth overall in touchdowns and first among tight ends. And then in terms of receptions, he's also in the top ten. He's fifth overall, second among tight ends. So Steve Jordan would be the other tight end in Vikings history who is, uh, you know, got some of these kind of really big numbers. And so Rudolph, in terms of receptions, touchdowns, and overall yards, he's in the, he's a top ten in, in the franchise history and amongst just the tight ends he's in the top one or two right and so he is he's had an excellent excellent career and probably more more important you know that's so you draft a guy in the second round he stays with your team for 10 years he's among the franchise leader in the big statistical categories you know for his position or for receivers in general But then the impact he made in the community. You know what I mean? So he was nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, I think, three different times. I don't believe he's ever won. But he's been nominated three separate times, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, just super involved in the children's hospital. And uh, he and his wife, they're just always doing cool stuff. Uh, I seem to recall uh, some sort of video not long ago. It was around Christmas time. And, of course, his last name is Rudolph, right? Uh, But just doing... uh, stuff with kids, just making Christmas special for kids at the hospital and and just really giving up his time and his finances uh, and his influence, right, to really kind of leave an impact with the community. And so I think really for any tight end or really any player at all who comes to Minnesota, they'd be pretty well served by saying, you know, I want to be like Kyle Rudolph. Like I want to carry myself the way that he carried himself and have the impact that he you know, had on the community it would be safe to say that he is, I don't know if his number, I don't think his number will be retired. I don't think he's a hall of fame player or anything like that, but with, in some way, I think he's like a borderline all time. Great with the team. Um, just for yeah. his impact, both on the field and off the field. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. This is a guy that you want yes. to, um, respect. You want to yeah. honor and, and he's, he's done, he's mm-hmm. been around for, for a while. And, and like you said, impact on and off the field. Um, has been great. So yeah, we'll definitely be missed. It, it felt like it was just inevitable yes. with where the cap was at and where he's at with his career and and kind of just that the on-field production at, at that cap hit was just it, it was a move that needed to happen. Yep. Um, in some ways, as unfortunate as it is, um, so this is kind of one of the the first dominoes to to go. And, and I was looking at uh, Twitter and. I saw Diana Rossini was saying that she was texting with an NFL head coach about the upcoming cuts, and they said it's going to be a massacre next week all around the league. Which is uh, is is strong language. Um, It's it's going to be it's going to be difficult difficult week. Who uh, who do you see next being
1: being cut? Yeah, so I think that's a good point. That overall, in the I mean, there's a lot of angst among Minnesota fans in that we don't have a ton of money. And so I can understand that. And, you know, and like Sam was saying, you know, just the, like the cold reality of the NFL was that he was making, you know, Rudolph was making this big time money, didn't have big time production at this point in his career. And so it just kind of seemed inevitable. And I think that was pretty much the consensus, uh, especially once he publicly said that he won't restructure his contracts. Well, then it it basically became a foregone conclusion. Uh, So in terms of who's next to be cut, I think there probably will be some moves in Minnesota, but I don't think that it's going to be the huge uh, exodus that we might expect just because this is a team that's trying to win now. And so I don't believe that they're going to be very enthused about the prospect of cutting veterans who can help them win in the immediate. Now, it's not to say they don't need to shuffle around money. They do. I just think that rather than cut players, they're going to seek to push that money into the future. Right. And so I think that what you're going to see more so from Minnesota is, you know, don't cut Riley Reef, extend and restructure and lower his cap it. Don't cut Harrison Smith and save that 10 million. No, instead, you know, if they extend Harrison Smith I was looking over the cap, uh, they can free up as much as 7 million this year uh, by extending and, re- and, you know, therefore restructuring. And so, you know, gosh, let's, let's say you do that with Harrison Smith and you get that 7 million. Well, now we're 2 million below the projected cap. Okay, well now we got a little bit of wiggle room, and so and we're well. I guess maybe that's not true because they just signed Stephen Weatherly, and so there's another two and a half million there. So I guess that with the seven million, we'd be right about on par. Um, But the point being that will does Minnesota need to do stuff? Will they have to make moves in order to create financial room? Yes, without question, they do. But I don't think there's going to be a massive amount of cuts. I think there there will be probably a couple more players. But I think for them, they're going to go to some of the veteran guys who they're most confident in and seek to extend them rather than cut them, and then from there uh, try and be uh, very shrewd with how they they navigate free agency. And I think that some of these guys who are cut, because what Sam's saying is true, around the NFL, there's going to be some good quality players who are cut, who under normal circumstances would not have been cut and and wouldn't be available. And not everyone is going to be able to be paid the amount that they ought to be paid. And so there's going to be opportunity, I think, for even a team like the Vikings, without a lot of cap space, to um, get a quality player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It um, there, Like I saw a list today of some teams. But there's some teams with some big money out there, yes. Cleveland yeah. um, and others. But there's also a lot of teams that are in some deep trouble. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I think some teams are going to be big players. Um, The Vikings are definitely not going to have a whole lot of money to play with. But, but again, we just, as you look around the league, it feels like you're, you're certainly not in the worst position. Um, Mm -hmm. You're certainly not in the best position and and you're a little bit middle of the pack. Yeah. Um, In your mind, is there any rational thought to, biting the bullet a little bit this year and like I just it feels like we see in the NFL even I was looking at at Roethlisberger getting extended and just this like his cap it being transferred um down the line like is there any part of you that just like is like you know what just let's bite the bullet and set ourselves up well later because uh and I guess I I assume you're going to say no because it, it does feel like they're on a win now but is there any yeah. part of you I guess as a fan that's like you know what like we need to, to eat a little bit here
1: and and set ourselves up better for the future. Me personally, no. And I think a lot of Vikings fans would disagree. But I would say no just because there is, there actually is, a, I, I would say, a lot of elite talent on the team from you know Cook and Jefferson and Irv Smith and Thielen. Uh, these are top-quality players. Daniel Hunter is an elite player. Eric Hendricks, Harrison Smith like they have really big time impact players throughout their team. And I think that there are, and then, you know, below that elite category, you have good players as well. And so I think that they're a team that realistically could be, uh, could be good next, next season. And I think, and you know, and if a good team gets hot at the right time, then you see what happens in the playoffs. And so to me, no, I, I think let's go for it in the immediate, and, uh, you know, the consequences might be that we fall short, which is, you know, obviously the likely scenario, but let's go for it. And if we have to regroup in one, two, three years, then so be it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that in sports, it's just one of those things that it's really hard, especially with, with where the team is right now. Like, you you can't really be selling the future. And like, while someone who's very logical and looks at it from a big picture um, may, may make decisions that, that are a little bit different because... They say, okay, you know what? Like, we just need to, to struggle for for a little bit and things will be better. But it does, like you said, you've got some elite talent at an age where you need to go for it. Right. And this is what you've done. This is this is the roster you constructed, and right. and let's go for it. Exactly. Um, I also just last note on this topic. I saw that uh, the numbers were released in terms of the, the amount of money to be carried over, and I saw that um, Minnesota will carry over four seven million um right four point seven seven four zero nine nine um those 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 left you never know when they'll come in handy right um, exactly i don't know if that was a, a surprise or if that was was to be
1: expected yeah i think that's more or less um in line with what my understanding i, I think um they weren't like right right up they are obviously spending you know towards the top of the cap this past season but they weren't right at the tippy top. And I think a lot of times teams try and have that buffer should they need to make, you know, a move later in the season to sign some guy to, to come in and replace someone who maybe get injured or where, whatever the case may be. And so I, yeah, that sounds about right to me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Cool. Well, we want to move in a second down here and look at the roster needs. Um, and I know we talked with Sean um, last episode, a little bit about free agency and, and seeing his thoughts, um, where would you rank the positions that need the most attention on, on this current roster as we head into this
1: uh, this next season? Right. So I was looking at this. I was jotting down a few notes before we started here. and I was looking at all these different position groups. And so to my mind, uh, so there are a lot of needs. I think probably every team would say that. But uh, to my mind, your biggest need is going to be number one is D-line, and then number two is your offensive line. And then from there, you're talking about your secondary, safety and corner, and then probably a wide receiver three. And so, yeah, just the trenches just were not good enough. And so I do wonder, some of that, again, a lot of the focus has been on getting Michael Pierce and Zio Hunter back for the D-line. That's obviously important, and there's reason to believe and to hope that they will improve. Uh, but even with those two, the D-line definitely needs uh, definitely needs some help. And they've already, I mean, they re-signed Stephen Weatherly, which is, uh, I, I would say a good move, but at the end of the day, he's, he's a rotational defensive end. I don't think they view him as a starting defensive end, but I think he'll be a significant part of their rotation. And so I think that's, it's a good move, right? Like it's like getting like a third line player on a hockey team. Like it's, it's important, but it's not the same as getting a, you know, a dynamic scoring winger or something like that for your top line. Um, so I would put the, the O line and the D line as, as one and two, and then from there I'm looking at the secondary and then wide receiver three.
0: Yeah, that 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 makes sense. Is there um like do you see that really syncing up then with, with free agency and, and where there isn't a, like where it's gonna be interesting to see and that we'll get a better picture after this week. Um yeah. yep. what is what is out there. Um but just yeah, from your vantage point at this point, what uh, what do you see?
1: So, from my vantage point, the danger, in some ways, for Minnesota, is to stretch themselves too thin, to be a mile wide and an inch deep. In that they, you know, you see these issues and you see these concerns and say, "Gosh, we need to get contributors at five different spots." So let's say, or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, and so, the danger I think is that maybe they uh, stretch themselves too thin. So, what I would like to see with them is take a very uh, focused approach in free agency, and identify, okay, so which are the one or two positions that we feel we can get really nice value and really nice production and kind of come in, plug and play guys who can immediately come on the team and just totally solidify uh, this unit and and just kind of take care of it for us. And so to my mind, uh, I think there are a lot of good quality safeties available, and I think there are a lot of good quality, especially it seems like in the slot corner, it's it's hard to envision them signing one of the top outside corners because the outside corners get big money. But I do wonder, you know, I've been looking over, I've been looking over the top free agents in the pro football focus, and they can obviously, you know, give you a bit of a breakdown in terms of performance and how some of these guys grade. But it's just interesting to see. I mean, so William Jackson third, he's their 16th ranked uh, free agent. And he's going you know, to he played for the Bengals. And, of course, uh, Zimmer's got a connection to the Bengals. And uh, you know, Jackson's he's, – he's a good but not great corner. And their projection is of a little bit more than $13 million per year, which is pretty big-time money. But then I think if you keep looking and you see some of these, you go down you see – so Desmond King II, who's a slot corner, who admittedly had a rough year last year, and there may be a few concerns. But he actually has a history of a couple of elite seasons – and he's only their their projection is, is less than six million per year. And so I do wonder uh where they can kind of snag value. And so rather than getting the big time outside corner or the big time left tackle, maybe if they will uh make a move for you know one of these, maybe like Mike Hilton or something like that coming out of Pittsburgh, uh, some of these kind of intriguing slot guys who generally speaking, the market is I, I don't really know why this is the case, but the market kind of dictates that this position, even though a slot corner is super important now in the NFL, it just doesn't make as much money as uh, an outside corner. And so that would be my my thinking there. I don't imagine they'll be in on those big-time offensive guards at the top, Sherf and Thune. i I just... I find it so hard to imagine that they'll do that. But I do wonder, someone like Corey Lindsley, who's a center, and then David Andrews, who's also a center. Now, I realize they have Garrett Bradbury, who's a first-round pick. He's going into his third year. He's a center. But Zimmer loves to shuffle around his O-linemen, especially along the interior. So I do wonder if, again, you, know, you get one of these interior guys rather than a tackle. Generally speaking, it's going to be much cheaper. And so I would, to my mind, I would say, let's – let's go ahead and target one of these value positions and uh, and then go from there. And I think that would be a a very fine approach in my mind and try and do one or two things really well, then four or five things kind of average.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That that makes sense. There's, there's obviously some, some significant needs, but I, I also like just as an, I, I feel like I'm becoming less and less of an outsider, the Minnesota Vikings, as we talk more and more, and as we we continue to to get invested and um and, and see what's happening. But there is a lot of good on this roster. Like to be able to have yes, like especially on the offensive end to have those pieces in place. Obviously, you can talk with the line, and, and that is a significant piece. But it's not like they're looking like they need to go out and in this offseason and sign a quarterback or it's not like they need to, no. like you, no. you got Hunter, you, these names that are there, Kendricks, like you do have some significant pieces in place that some teams are thinking, Hey, we just, we really need someone elite at this position. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, exactly and so I right. think there, there's, there's gotta
1: be some hope there. Yes, I'd say so. I mean, it's, I think they're on the cusp of being a really good team. And now about everything went wrong last year in a lot of ways. But, man, you know, how much different would this team look with, uh, you know, a really excellent left guard or a really excellent three technique who can generate pressure on, on third down, right? So some of these just one or two things really makes a massive, massive difference, especially if it means you partner that with some more injury luck this upcoming season it wouldn't be at all surprising to me to see this team do really, really well this year at all. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me in any way. So I, I am optimistic cautiously, yeah. of course, because the team has hurt me in the past, but, uh, definitely cautiously optimistic.
0: you like, do you ever think that you ever get to the spot where like you can't be optimistic about this
1: team? Possible. Yeah, it's possible that I get to that point. Um,
0: i just, I, I, yeah. I don't i yeah. don't like the off season because it means that you're not playing but i also love it because you get to dream as big as you want that's true uh, yeah. like you like there is literally nothing holding us back from saying uh well besides just looking really foolish that, that the vikings <laughs> are gonna go 16 and0 like like
1: mm-hmm. they
0: like were it's a beautiful time where you get to just like view your team in the best possible light and yeah um, and and so I think like we should we wanna have fun with it. Like we know that things change, right? Injuries happened last year and, and that really sewered the team. Um, but there is a chance that, that they go on a run here and, and with such a short season and the way the NFL works, like if they can get to the playoffs, that's great. And then once the playoff starts, who knows what, what happens. Right? Exactly. Um and who knows what, what the what this team is capable of. Um, yeah, we're, I, I think we just want to dream big. We're, I think we're both almost like we're going to be very realistic and very, uh, very cautious in our approach, but, but um, this is going to be the off season of, of dreaming big. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to, to share on that topic before we transition to third down.
1: No, I think the only thing I'll say, I mean, Spielman spoke this week, he had an interview and he, he talked a little bit about it and, uh, he basically just reiterated that Cousins is is their quarterback moving forward, and nothing happen- is going to happen there. And that uh, that he feels like he made the point that that you made, Sam, where a lot of good players are going to be cut, and uh, so they're basically just kind of it's not that they don't have a plan, but just kind of waiting to kind of fully see what all the you know the salary cap still hasn't been 100 finalized yet. All the players still haven't been cut yet, so they're just kind of waiting to see some of these firm details who's available and how much money is there going to be and uh and then i think that you know they they get their plan and so we'll see if they can they can do things well yeah yeah
0: regardless it's it's, uh, it's going to be a busy next couple months yes
1: um, lead, all the way leading up into the
0: draft there yeah um, so speaking of dreaming big our, our third down here i think with the offseason and the way it goes there's obviously going to be some content to talk about with with whether it's trades or free agency or or draft and then prepping. Um, But this is a long off season. So we want to talk about the Vikings and talk about what's happening each, uh, each week, but also want to have some fun. And so likely unless, unless there's big news and lots to talk about from here on out in the off season, we're going to have some kind of game or segment where we're going to have some fun, ask some questions, um, some of it will be will be happy. I was talking to Kyle about a few of the ideas before. Some of them um, may uh, may bring up past memories, um, which which may be tough, and, and we'll try to do we'll try to do as little of that as possible. Um, but I I didn't give Kyle any time to prep. Um, but on third down this week, Kyle talked about uh, five positions of roster needs in that last down, uh, five positions where. The Vikings really need to to address um, and bring some attention to. And so the question that I wanted to propose to Kyle is if you get to replace or put one player from the Vikings past, and you know what? I'm going to say, like, obviously, you, they need to have a little bit of a track record, but you can say if they have one year, like one prime year of one player of the Vikings roster, past or present. Um, right. Right. Even you don't even have had to watch them. Um, mm-hmm. if you get to replace or, or one of those guys in their prime into those five positions, which players uh, would you choose? And and uh, and uh, yeah, let's go from there.
1: Yeah, sure. So we get so five five positions here: so D line, O line, safety, corner, and wide receiver three. So third wide receiver to partner with Jefferson and Thielen, and and. Third.
0: Let me. I'm just going to clarify that wide receiver three, like Randy Moss, doesn't get to go there because like Randy Moss was was <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, in no fair. way
0: wide receiver three. I yeah. like if yeah, you, you if you have a fair. borderline wide receiver two, then that's that's okay. But like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
1: Sure. yeah, okay, that's that's fair enough, I suppose. I think if if you know, prime Randy Moss is probably not going to be a wide receiver three on any team he's on, so that's a fair enough point. I think so for D line uh, again again. I started cheering for this team uh, around 2008 or so, something like that. And so my history with the Vikings is relatively limited compared to a lot of people. Uh, so, I mean, I think a lot of older fans would probably say John Randall, which makes sense. Uh, but I think for D-line, I'm probably going to stick with Kevin Williams because uh, it was the Williams ball that really got me cheering for the Vikings in the first place. And so if I put Kevin Williams beside Michael Pierce and Neil Hunter, we're talking about a, a pretty ferocious defensive line. And so I think I'm going to go with him on the old line. I'm going to roll with Steve Hutchinson. And he was an elite offensive guard, Uh, just fantastic. And so again, when I started cheering for the team, I mean, left guard was, it was taken care of. There were, there were, there were no issues at all there. Uh, Can't say that same now, Uh, but boys it would be nice if we could, if somehow we could uh, turn back the clock and yeah. get Hutchinson back. I mean, those two guys on the interior, a D tackle and then a left guard, those two moves alone, you get prime Steve Hutchinson and prime Kevin Williams back. Boy, that's, uh, you know, that's going to take, that's going to take this team up a huge notch in my mind, just right off the hop, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think yeah. probably from there. So safety is interesting Corner is very easy. Corner, corner is going to be Antoine Winfield, and that's no... I'm going to get Antoine Winfield, he can tackle like a linebacker, as good as, good as anybody, you know, and, and his son. Um, you know, we all uh, we all enjoyed uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. flashing the peace sign to Tyreek Hill in the Super Bowl. And uh, so I'm, I'm taking Antoine Winfield to be my corner. For safety, gosh, I just don't know. I mean, part of me wants to say Anthony Harris. Uh because um, I don't think he will be back with the team, but that kind of feels like it's cheating a little bit.
0: It's it's like you, be, like, I think the assumption of the question is they're basically coming back with $0. Right.
1: Um, yeah. Right. We're not, wor- we're not worried about the practical realities of a contract right now. Yeah. Yeah. And some that's the benefit of these
0: past guys, they, uh, they made their money. Right. Or, their, right. Their, they're their they're their just mind, giving up their time uh, at this point. Yeah. But I, I did say, I did say present. So like that's, if if that's where you
1: go, then that's that's, uh, that's yeah. Good. I, gosh, it's tough. For, yeah, it's tough for me. Maybe I, I will say I always, I always, I don't think he's a, a Vikings all time great, but I always liked Jamarcus Sanford, and um, so maybe maybe, maybe I'll, I'll say Anthony Harris and or Jamarcus Sanford just because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if Anthony Harris is quite a, a fair uh answer and so then for wide receiver 3 again there's a lot like you know there's Chris Carter there's Reed there's Moss i think i'll do Percy Harvin because he was he was the huh. rookie he was rookie of the year his rookie season and he was and for me as the trailer park boys would say i get two birds stone at once and so Percy Harvin he could be a, a dynamic wide receiver 3 and then also a dynamic kick returner. And yeah. so he would just... So those issues with special teams in return game, Harvin would take care of it. He w- he was sensational in his rookie year. And the only thing that really held him back uh, initially was the migraines. Just, just the issues with, uh, with his health. So to my yeah. mind, I would very, very gladly... Uh, I would very gladly take Percy Harvin as, as my yeah. wide receiver three. And basically... Uh, dare any defensive coordinator to come up with uh, some type of strategy that could somehow contain Jefferson, Harvin, and Thielen and Dalvin Cook and Irv Smith. It would just be, there'd be no stopping them, I think. Yeah,
0: as soon as you said Harvin, I was like, that makes so much sense because of, like you said, the special teams and exactly the, the offense. Yeah. And I think that... um while the, the receivers they have in the team there, like there's playmakers, like the speed and like just the dynamicness of Harving adding to that roster. And if they could, I think that's our hope with, with this offense is, is for, uh, things to become a little bit more dynamic and, yes. and for us to start throwing to the wide receivers and having him in there, um, yep. would certainly, you, you need to adapt, um, what you're doing a little bit to, to get him involved and having him just as a weapon. Um, exactly. Like that would that would open things up. I I'm now I'm excited. I like I, now it's like I, I want this to, stay, to, to yes. come to fruition. And, yeah, that's um, right. It's the problem with dreaming. Exactly, um, exactly. But yeah, good. Do you, you you feel good about those picks?
1: Honestly, I do, man. I I uh, uh, I think there's a pretty good balance there. I mean, you get some you get some all time greats like in league history, but then just like some good players, like Jamarcus Amplor was a good player for some years for the Vikings. Harvin was a good player for some years. Yeah. I feel pretty good. If you add those guys to the team, you know, the team's going to be a lot to contend with. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I, and, and I realized by doing this, I, at some point I do also want to hear, um, some of your past Vikings favorites. And, and I realize that by limiting to positions, don't necessarily get to, to hear that, but, but stay tuned because that, that will come. Um, very good. Well, we'll shift to odds and ends here, and and talk about the the Minnesota Wild, um, Kaprizov. Everything I'm hearing, everything I'm seeing, this guy is on track for for Rookie of the Year. This is this is good. I, I was realizing that whenever people come over, you never know how good they're going to be, um, with especially guys coming over for the KHL. And they've been talking about Kaprizov being the best player not in the NHL for. For a few years and I was always like okay yeah but like is this actually gonna happen or what does this actually look like and at this point it's like yep yeah, that's it it's there and just like watching him even though someone was joking that the the clip of him skating around the offensive end with with Makar um the Makar pairing was was one of the best Minnesota highlights he didn't even score but it was one of the best Minnesota highlights in terms of just excitement in the last few years which um, is a little bit of a shock. But I just think that just how dynamic and how uh, incredible he is and, and skilled he is just adds so much to this team and just, just changes how um, how they're able to play, even the, the Minnesota Wild power play, which has often been been criticized. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. There's obviously some some other guys that could contend and, and you never know what will happen. But at this point, it feels like uh, Calder, Rookie of the Year, is his to lose. Um, the big news out of, out of Minnesota this week was Parise getting brand, uh, benched. Um, I was listening to different things and, and just trying to get a sense of what was happening. It sounds like from, from the people that I've listened to that there was some, uh, some disagreement around how he handled uh, trying to get Felino his, his first career hat-trick. He, uh, he stayed out there for, for too long. Caused a goal and, uh, Dean Edison decided to bench him. Um, and, and that's to bench someone of his stature, of his, well, he's in he's assistant captain. Um, he's 36. He's been around there for a while and he's also going to continue to be there, um, for a while. He's got another four years after this at 7.5 um, million a year. And so. I, I listened to what some people have to say. I listened to Dean, uh, Edison get, get interviewed. And, and this is tough because this is his first full season there. Um, and to make a move like this against someone who is so established, like Parise feels a little risky. Um, that, uh, like he, Paris seat is a lot, uh, colder than, than, than the coaches at this point. And so it's, 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 it's a gutsy move, but I, I also think that these things get overblown often, and I, I'm really not too worried. Uh, Everson said that uh, this is just going to be a little tweak and wanted Parise hungry and ready to go. That's definitely not a popular move, um, but I feel like this is going to be something sign that blows over relatively quick because um, it kind of has to. Um, Parise is going to be there long term, and, and I don't see this being a move that... Um, Obviously, it could be a move that the coach looks back on and says, you know what, this this was a, a mistake. But I think that regardless, you need to keep people accountable. And at the end of the day, the coach's job is to have the players and the team out there to win. And while hat-tricks are nice and while he understands the sentiment and, and understands Prise and what he's done, um, no one is ever excusable to not give 100% out there. And the team absolutely needs to come first
1: yeah that's that's fair enough and I, I think sam's probably right in that you know it's it's notable he's a big name he's on a big contract and so it's definitely it's good for the headlines but until i were to see maybe you know if in a couple weeks there's another issue between the coach and prison you know until i'd see a couple more things i wouldn't overreact to too much just yet
0: yeah like i for me i see like jeff skinner getting benched in buffalo and getting benched for three games straight, or scratched for three games straight. And, like, that is a much bigger story. Yes. Because Skinner's there for longer, got a higher cap hit, um, worse performance than Parise. Um, this feels like it was a one-game situation, and, and hopefully it all blows over. Um, there has been much worse scratches that have happened in the past. They were talking about Cam Neely uh, on one of the podcasts I was listening to uh, – from the athletic and him actually getting dressed for a game, but the coach refusing to put him out for the right. entire game. Right. Um, there, there doesn't seem to be any, any love lost. Uh, so I think that this is, uh, this will blow over. This will be okay. Um, maybe Parise goes out and, and, uh, and starts tearing it up and, and that would, that would make everyone happy. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that I was thinking that would be uh, nice to highlight is, is Matt Zuccarello. Um, he, he signed the, the, the ticket to, to come to Minnesota and, and this, and over the past couple of weeks, he's really started to show, um, that he's worth, um, some money. He, he, he went on a bit of a tear there from, from the 18th to the 27th. I uh, put up 11 points in, in six games, including a big four point outing against the San Jose Sharks. And, and so, uh, just great to see when when you invest in some of these these higher skilled guys and, and put some money money uh money in their pockets, you always want to to see some performance and, and so good to see him starting to 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 move on and, and start to produce some points.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, okay. okay. That's great. Any anything else for the wild? That's everything. I
0: uh I'm excited to hear your your words of wisdom for the week.
1: So the words of wisdom, so I was actually just finishing uh uh, Deuteronomy this morning in my devotions and uh, at the end of Deuteronomy Moses passes away and uh, of course he's not allowed to enter the promised land with the rest of the Israelites and the reason why is because of uh, earlier sins and earlier uh, so one of the consequences uh, that God has for Moses is to uh, not actually get to enter the promised land as Joshua who needs to uh, kind of take over for Moses and be the leader and so the point being to football, if we could make some sort of a haphazard connection here, is that uh, the mistakes that we make here and now in March and in April with free agency, with uh, the draft, they will hinder a team's ability to get to the quote-unquote promised land that is the Super Bowl. And so it's important to, so you get this journey ahead of you, and does. It's important to get these things right now. And if we don't, then the consequences will be that we won't get to uh, to that end goal in the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love seeing the connections
0: uh, you make, and, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's a There's lot of fun. It's a bit of a
1: hop, skip, and a jump to get there, but I try and make it work. I, I love it. I think that uh,
0: staying true to who we are, and yeah. I think that, that is, uh, I, it's, it's certainly applicable, especially in the season and the stage, uh, that, that the... the the team is entering into now. Um, Anyways, we we just want to thank everyone for listening. Um, Be sure to stop by VikingsGazette.com for great Minnesota Vikings news, commentary, and analysis. And the Vikings Gazette can be found on Twitter and Facebook, at Vikings Gazette. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk with you in a couple weeks.